This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast with me, Danielle. Today, I got Zach Wilms on, and guys, you are in for a really shitty situation. And you'll get it once you hear the podcast. You're going to get what I mean by that. But Zach got himself in a little ton of crap. And um, he's going to share that story with us. And he's going to tell us what he did right in order to protect himself. And that actually helped him through the situation. And what he learned to do better next time. Guys, you're not going to want to miss this episode because there really is a great, great nugget in there. Um, I learned something on this call, so I encourage you guys to enjoy, listen to the show, enjoy it. Don't forget to hit the share button, like it, subscribe, all of that stuff that the young people say to smash. Go ahead and smash it right now. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. One, two, three, go. Yeah. So welcome back to the show, Zach. Pleasure to have you back. I'm excited to have you here. It's an absolute pleasure to be back, Danielle. I always love the conversations we have, so I'm sure this is going to be a good one as well. Yeah, I can't wait because I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear about your property management a little bit, and you know the challenges that you face as a property manager. And just to be clear, you manage all your properties still, right? Correct. And so, um, and you have a property management company. Do you, is that, here's a, here's a shameless plug. If you want to throw something out there, um, you're in the Hamilton area. Yes. So if I wanted to ask you to manage my properties, are you open to the public to come in, uh, hire, are you for hire? To be honest, at this point, I'm not for hire as a property manager. Oh, dang it. I know. You know what? I always tell everybody they should manage their own properties, at least to get started, because the amount that I've learned from my property management experience has helped me so much as an investor. And it's really helped me grow mm -hmm. into all these different struggles, like like we're going to talk about a little bit today. All these different stories and things you go through, it really does help you get much better as an investor. That's awesome. Well, you know what? I guess, uh, well, where I was going with that just got killed. So sorry, guys, you're going to have to find your own property manager. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we'll go through another podcast where we talk about vetting property managers. But ultimately, um, yeah. Okay. So you do manage your own properties. And as a property manager, we do find um, some some really, we do come across some really interesting stories that like some people would just like blow their mind to hear some of the stuff that we have to deal with as property managers. So uh, having said that, I'm curious to know what, you know, can you give me a story of, I don't know, a strange encounter or a strange situation that you've had to deal with as a property manager? Absolutely. There's so many I can think of, but the one that kind of scarred my memory for the rest of my life um, was scarred. this property, this property owned downtown Hamilton where it has a lot of different garages and it has this one structure that's like a two-story barn. And once we picked up this property, it got vacated. So I'm like, time to go rent it out to somebody new. The people that want to rent out a barn like that are a little bit different than the people looking to rent out a two-bedroom apartment. So you could imagine the people applying were not the sharpest tools in the shed, for instance. And I got this one application from a guy who was a, owns a roofing company in Hamilton. So he sold me on the idea that he just wanted to use the barn as storage space for all his materials so that his guys could come easily just pick it up. It's close. It's downtown where he does a lot of his work. And he ends up 
um, leaving some stuff behind. So I said, no problem. It sounds like a good person. I vetted him with his rental application, made sure that he was had a house in Hamilton, made sure that he actually owned this company, which he did. So everything looked to be good. Next thing I know, I rented out to him. And slowly but surely, I start hearing from one neighbor, then another neighbor, then another tenant that he's moving in quite a bit of stuff. And it doesn't seem like it's all just renovation materials and roofing materials. There was a lot of different items being brought to and from this barn. So after a little couple of weeks, I started doing a little bit of digging. I go in there and there was a lot of stuff compared to the first time I rented out to them, like couches and things like that that were in there, but not necessarily looked like they're being used, just kind of stored. Um, a lot of other different materials kind of looks like he was maybe fixing up some things and reselling them kind of idea. So I let it slide for a little bit. He was still paying his rent. Then one thing led to another, started not paying rent, started hearing from some neighbors now that they think he actually might be living inside this barn. So I started doing a little bit more digging. Uh, one day I finally got a chance to get in there because this guy was very hard, very, very tough to get a hold of. And he always had that barn locked up, as he said, for, you know, his renovation materials. Didn't want anybody to go in and steal them. So the key that I actually had didn't work because he had changed the locks and everything. So I finally got a chance to get into the barn and it was very, very apparent that he was living there 100% of the time. There was a bed, a full, like basically like a full kitchen that he had set up for himself in there. There was stuff all over the place. It was dirty. And the craziest thing that he had is because it was a two-story barn, he actually had a toilet on the second floor with a pipe going all the way down to the first floor that was full of his own shit. So you could imagine the place did not smell good whatsoever. And unfortunately, being the property manager that manages the properties, myself, my dad, and one other guy were the people that had to clean that all out when we finally got him evicted. So that was definitely not the brightest moment of my real estate career. Um, unfortunately, had to be the one that was actually lugging out all the stuff into the dumpsters. We were very fortunate that it was in January, so that whole pipe was actually frozen. So when we did disconnect it, nothing came out, and we kind of threw it in the dumpster and called it a day. But it was honestly very sad to see the way some people live in that condition. It was frustrating that he wasn't paying and everything else as well. But when you really look back on it, you look at it like it's super sad that people are getting down to that level where they're literally living in a barn without any services. It has electricity, but there was no heat nothing in the in the summer it must have been absolutely thousand degrees inside that barn so you kind of i always look at it from both sides and unfortunately it is sad that that's how some people end up living so overall when situations like this happen obviously it's frustrating being a landlord right he wasn't paying rent and clean up all this mess but i always look at it too and say it's so sad to see the fact that like somebody like him was actually resorting down to living in this type of situation right where there wasn't working water there wasn't any heat anything like that. It was literally just electricity in an open barn space. And it's very sad to see that. Honestly, helps you kind of sleep at night knowing that we are very fortunate and very lucky for what we have and where we and where we are in life when you look at something like that and saying, this was this person's last resort, right? It was renting this barn, basically selling on the fact that he was confused for renovation materials just so that he could sleep there to have a roof over his head and be eating and living in a place that was so dirty. Honestly, I wouldn't even advise anybody stepping foot inside that place, though basically a hazmat suit on. So it's just sad to see, like, it's unfortunate that this stuff happens. And in the real estate world, you never know. Every day brings in new challenges and different ideas. And sometimes things like this happen. And it just, like I said, makes you feel really grateful for what we have. So I feel very fortunate in that sense. 
Yeah. And really here we are, like we live in our own realities and the reality for tenants is very different than the reality for a lot of people out there and professionals that might think about getting involved in real estate and becoming an investor or landlord. And, um, and, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's really an eye opener to people who get involved in real estate as a landlord, and then they might get exposed to stories such as this. Um, so, you know, I think it's a good idea to highlight this stuff so that people are ready to deal with these sorts of issues. Um, you know, there's, there's also other issues like, you know, maybe somebody dying in the unit that you have and having to cross that path. That's a very common thing too. Um, and anyway, so I, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. Now I wanted to highlight now when you said you had, you know, this property in the barn and other garages and, and you got everything vacated when you took possession of it, just to be clear, there was nobody living in that barn before. It was just for storage, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was always used for storage and that's all it should be used for in the condition of Right. And so can you share with the audience, like yeah, there's a lot of challenges. Like let's unpack that a little bit. So um, you know, the first the first thing that comes to mind for me is it's really hard to evict people in Ontario, um, especially, well, you know, even if, if they're not paying rent and that sort of thing, there is a process you have to follow. So were you bound by the Residential and Tenancies Act, what we call the RTA here, because he was living there? So I actually got some good advice from a lawyer originally um, when I first bought this property, because kind of just like you're saying, there was different challenges and different ways of thinking and looking at these barns. And are we going to fall under the RTA? Or is there another way to kind of set it up so that we don't, as you know, the commercial residential or the commercial leasing laws are in much, much favor of the landlord compared to the tenant, whereas the residential laws are heavily favored for the tenant over the landlord. So the way I set it up was by signing commercial leases with all of the different storage spaces. And it says right on there that this can only be used as storage. Any violation of this is actually bound for eviction. So because he wasn't actually just using his storage and because we proved that he was using it for residential, then we actually could get him evicted much easier. I was in a good case because he was also living there too. And it wasn't safe that the police were able to be get involved as well too, to help him get out of that situation, right? There's so many different things wrong with somebody pulling up a bed, having a full blown kitchen and washroom in a garage space that should only be used as storage. And that, that wasn't like the kitchen wasn't there when you rented it out. There was no plumbing. So he just had a pipe with the coming in out of the toilet through. Did he drill a hole in the floor to have the length of the pipe? How did he get it through the floor like that? So the, pro the problem with it was is that it could only be pulled so much because it went right down to the floor and it went right up to the second oh. floor. So he was basically just using whatever he could fit in that, in that little tube there. So. That's what oh I mean. The smells and everything inside the unit were very, very strong, very bad. Wow. Okay. Makes me appreciate my property managers <laughs> a little more. And to be honest, that's why I tell a lot of people that are getting into real estate, like you should manage your own properties and kind of go through these different situations because you get to learn so much from these different situations. And it'll be easier when you go to hire a property manager for a couple of different reasons. A, you'll know what they have to do, but B, you'll appreciate them more, just like you just said. When it's like, oh, I'm not the one having to deal with that. Thank you. Because a lot of the times people can make real estate seem like it's really good. But there is a lot of these different things that happen that can definitely discourage people from getting into it. But like you said, you always grow. There's so much in all these different situations as well, too. Right. So the amount that I've learned from all these different situations, even though in the moment you're frustrated, you're like, I 
can't wait for this to end. How are we going to get through this? Now, obviously, years later, you look back and say, thank you for this because now I've taken away so much that can help me in my business. And like I said, I'm happy to share them here so that maybe somebody else doesn't get into that situation and rent out to somebody that ends up living in that space. So what I'm hearing you say is you would have been in a big pickle if you would had that under like a normal, what we call just a residential lease or a normal lease. And here in Ontario, we need to use the, uh, uh, the Ontario standard lease agreement, the OSLA that I call it. Cause I love acronyms because I don't want to say the whole thing, but yeah, the Ontario standard lease agreement is what we need to use. Now, had you used that, I guess you would have been stuck bound by the uh, RTA for that. And you might even have gotten in a pickle for leasing out a residential property as a residential property when it wasn't serviced as a residential property. That might have actually worked out in his favor if he wanted to fight you. So um, I think that is a huge nugget for our listeners out there is to make sure that you recognize what your uh, what your product is, what you're offering out, and then have the proper agreements for that. Because the agreements are really how you protect your business. And so, exactly. wow, that's, even, go ahead. Yeah, I can't even imagine the headaches I would have went through if I would have signed the residential tenancy agreement. So that's why I said, going back to it too, but having a good network, I had a couple of good lawyers I could call to ask them kind of all the different laws around it. And what I found was the best way was to sign the commercial lease. So for your listeners, even if you're just renting out a garage on your property, something where it's just strictly storage, really make sure that you sign that commercial lease and don't try to go residential with that. I think that's invaluable right there. Thank you for sharing that. That's crazy. So what would you have done different? Like um, maybe in how you handled it beforehand or maybe maybe even how you did the vetting process to find the right tenant or the right leaseur, I guess you'd put into there as, rather than tenant. Um, and, um, you know, what would you have done different through the leasing process? What would you have done different with, you know, getting them out the cleanup afterwards? Is there anything that you've learned from that that you might have might handle differently today if that happens tomorrow absolutely you always look back and take away different things that you've done and how you're going to change it going forward uh, because it was my first time renting out like a random storage space or a barn i wasn't used to getting all these applications right when you rent out residential i'll have 10 or 15 applications within the first week this one i went three months without getting like a really good application and i turned down a lot of bad people that just got feeling right away was not good the income wasn't there um, so when this guy came along, there was that glimmer of hope where I'm like, you know, this could actually be a good person. And I think I probably looked away from things because I just saw that glimmer of hope where I'm like, finally, I can get somebody to rent out this spot, right? It's taking me so long to find a good person. So you start to see something that's not actually really there, right? I think I saw a much better application in my mind than what was probably on paper because it's just that human nature where you're like, I just want to get this rented, get this off my plate and start making money on this place because if it's not rented, it's not making any money. So I think I was a little bit too eager to actually rent it out to him. Looking back, I should have waited, taken my time because now I do have it re-rented to somebody who is an absolute fantastic tenant. But again, it took time. It didn't happen overnight like it does in residential. In the commercial world, when you're renting out storage spaces, it takes a lot longer. So I think for anybody, if it's going to be your first time, just really understand and appreciate the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. Make sure you take your time to find a good tenant because the problems and the headaches that I went through would have been much worth it waiting an extra month or two months than I'll have to go through all the different things. And I probably would have honestly saved money in the long run as well. Well, and I want to unpack that. So ultimately, like, here's the thing. Like, I there's a uh, property manager that I know 
um, who he and I are very much in alignment with our belief as far as getting people in. So there's a lot of people out there when you're renting and, you know, if you have an empty space one month, two months, and you start like freaking out a little bit and exactly that, then you start reading the applications a little bit better because there's that emotion that's kicking in and you don't want it to sit vacant. And so you start kind of glazing over what might be a red flag or might be, you start, you know, broadening your criteria that you would normally have, you know, these people need to fit inside of this box in order to fit the profile of what I'm looking for. Um, And then you start broadening that a little bit and, and allowing people that maybe you wouldn't normally rent to. And so um, we have this thing where an extra month's loss of revenue is better than a tenant who doesn't pay for four or five or six months because not only do they not pay, but there's a lot of headache behind that. There's a lot of time invested into getting them out. There's an expense for that as well. Usually if you have to go to the landlord or tenant board, so there's a lot of that. So here's my question too that I want to unpack. What would you say, like you said he wasn't paying. So how many months did he not pay? Like how many months of revenue was he actually using the storage space that he didn't pay you for? I would say near the end, he was probably about four and a half, maybe five months of not paying. And then you add on, like you said, you add on the cost of the dumpster, my time to go in there and clean it, everything, the headaches, the neighbors calling me. Luckily, I had fantastic neighbors and none of them were angry. They were just more concerned and wanted to help me. But I could have easily ruined some of those relationships with the neighbors and just lost that for the rest of my life alone in this property. So I think, like you said, when you unpack it, there's so many different reasons why taking that extra time to find a good tenant will, in the long run, make you more money and keep all those relationships in a much better standing than putting the rose-colored glasses on and accepting somebody because you really just want to fill the unit. So 110%, like four months of revenue, a bin, I would have saved a lot more money by waiting another month, two months, even three months and renting out to a good person. Yeah. So if you told like four months of revenue plus all the hard costs, which is like you said, the bin and the traveling back and forth and probably a locksmith in there. Uh, you know, there's, there's other small costs in there, but they sure do add up. And then, and then guess what? You had those months of waiting anyway. So there's the four months of revenue he didn't pay. Then there's the maybe two or three months it took before you re-rented. So there's all of that lost capital had you only waited maybe two months of, you know, looking at a few more applications to find the right person. You actually would have, even though there's a loss realized for the capital that you did, the income that you didn't make on those two months where you took longer to fulfill that unit, that vacancy, you still would have been further ahead and with a lot less stress, a lot less aggravation. And uh, so I just wanted to highlight that. I think I just really want to unpack that because with this property manager that I know that I referred to, he, he kind of taught me that. He's like, you know what? One month of lost revenue on that property, on that unit is better than you know, six months of stress and pain and unpaid revenue, um, unpaid income on that unit if you put the wrong tenant in. So uh, it's really easy that when you when you look at it that way and you realize, okay, yeah, there's it actually costs you more to put the wrong tenant in. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, especially especially in the fields that we're in. Like you said, right, one bad tenant. To be honest, four months is probably on the shorter end 
of when people get a bad tenant. A lot of times it can be a lot longer. And when you do fall under the RTA, the processes are even longer. I waited eight months for my last hearing. So that's eight months of somebody not paying, which like you said, having that good tenant in there and people people need to realize as well too. And I tell this to a lot of people getting started. There is really, really good tenants out there. Right? Everyone hears the horror stories today. We're talking about some of the bad stories, but there's so many good stories that we're not talking about because they're just really good people. Right? When you rent it out to them, they pay on time, they take good care of the place, but nobody wants to hear that there actually is a lot of really good people out there in the rental world. So like Danielle said, take the extra month, find those good people because they are out there. They might not just come right away. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for the story today. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, sorry that you had to you had to clean that up, but I'm glad it was January and it was frozen. I can't even imagine having to deal with that mess. Um, and that toilet must have been really heavy <laughs> to pick up and haul out. I hope you double gloved it when you did. Oh yeah, it wasn't my best moment, but. <laughs> I just had a visual of you doing that. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Okay. So um, tell me if um, I know like on our last call, uh, you know, you, you do share your story and I always ask you, what do you want to get out of the podcast? And really you just want to share and help. And so, uh, and, and give back a little bit. So, you know, for anybody who's, you know, wanting to manage their own properties uh, you know, if they want to connect with you, how would they reach out to you? I'd say the best way is through my Instagram. So follow me and send me a message, Zach Wilms, Z-A-C-W-I-L-L-M-S. And let's have a conversation around real estate, property management, getting started. Like I said, I had so many good mentors when I started. So I love giving back to people and just helping them get over different obstacles they have. And I love talking about real estate. And I think my friends and family are getting sick and tired of me talking about it. So I'm always encouraging new people to talk to real estate about. Yeah, it's kind of funny because... uh... Zach and I were recently at a little pool party and yeah, you know, how is it? Like we're so passionate about real estate. Like the small talk lasted all of what, two minutes. And then it's like, no, we're just like right into real estate and talking about these silly stories and these problems that we have. And, uh, but ultimately we always go back to being grateful for having these problems. I mean, uh, actually at that pool party, you and I had that conversation. It's like, you know, I'm just grateful that I have these problems. And I think your mindset really does determine whether or not you've got the, uh, the, the thick skin, like people call it thick skin, but it's really our mindset, right? Where we say, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I'm grateful to have these issues. I'm grateful to have problems to solve. If I didn't have problems to solve, life would be boring. <laughs> well, that's a great outlook to have, Zach. Crushing it, my friend. I look forward to the next pool party. Um, but yeah, keep crushing it. You're you're amazing. Your outlook is amazing. You're an inspiration to everybody. And uh, I love that. I just love that young, fresh blood coming up into the industry. So thank you for being you. Thank you for crushing it. Thank you for sharing your story to everybody out there that's listening. Um, if you haven't already done it, hit the like button. If you want to hear more, you want to be notified, hit subscribe. Make sure that you follow us on our socials um, because we want to make sure that we keep delivering content that's going to help you on your real estate journey. And as always, in the show notes, you will find everything that you need to know about Zach. We will have a page about Zach, all about his information and his little backstory and everything else on our website. So make sure you check that out. Again, all the links will be down below. Um, and so check that out, guys. Zach, thank you very much. Thank you to all my listeners, the audience for supporting me. And we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you. Take care. 
Thanks so much for listening to our podcast and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you're looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next episode.